right, everybody. Welcome to the ScorgyCast episode number three. I'm Mike Rossello, and today I'm very happy to have Julie Rossello and Mick Albert joining me, and they're going to tell some uh, stories of when they went to Scorgies and all the fun they had. Welcome, guys. Hey. Honored to be here. So um, you guys were a little later than I was. I was more in the early years, so I'm not uh, all that familiar with the bands you guys went to see, so I'm interested in learning all about it. All right. Well, why did you start? Because, um, like I was saying earlier, that um, you know I'd heard about Scorgies through my brother, and it sounded like a really cool place to go. And but I was a little nervous because I had heard about you know people with mohawks and and safety pins in their <laughs> cheeks and stuff like that. So my first time was in '83. I went with a, a girlfriend of mine, my brother, and his girlfriend, and I was just, I just fell in love with the place after that, and I couldn't get enough of it. You know. Um, for me, I started working at, at WITR, which is RIT's radio station, and I got free tickets to go see the Chesterfield Kings, a mm. band that you know I wasn't really familiar with. And this is before I had my mop and my beer oh, really? Like this would have been probably um, late summer of '83. I was 16, and I called up my uncle, um, and he was really cool. Like he was a DJ at. Club 747. <laughs> he was a drummer, and I said, look, I want to go see this band, and, you know, um, he knew my age, and he said, yeah, I'll pick you up, and we'll go over. Well, um, I'm waiting, and I called him up, and it, my aunt was on the phone, and she said, he's not going. You know, he almost ran me over. When I found out he was going to go and take you to a bar, you know, I said no, and, you know, so now I'm like, I'm stuck. And um, I just, you know, my mother, you know, talk about trust. She took me to, to Scorgie's. She dropped No me way. Off. She dropped me off. She's like, I don't know if you're going to get in. I don't know how you're getting home, but there you go. Total opposite of our mom. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, so anyway, so I went through the front door. And like I say, I had these ticket. You know, I had a ticket. And... Um, they're like, you know, we're not ready to, to open up yet. You know, not ready for people to go downstairs. <laughs> but the person said, you know, get your IDs ready. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is it. I'm, I am screwed. And I remember, like, I guess they said no way. And I walked out. I, someone from the Kings, the Chesterfield Kings, saw me and took me. Were you in your with your hair and your boots then no, or no? No, not at all. And they just did that like, for you. Oh, it was horrible. I can't I'm not even going to describe what I looked like. Wow. Um I might even had had my glasses then, you know, so I was like not the way you remember me back in 83, 84, but so they basically said, "Well, look, we're going to hide you in the dressing room until it gets kind of busy downstairs and then, you know, you go down and they they were like very they said, don't, don't drink because they're going to lose your license. Did they know right. who you were? Or they just thought you looked oh, yeah, like a I cool mean, they person. They were like, well, this is really cool. This, you know, kid wants to see this band. And, um, you know, they thought it was kind of novel. So they just thought, oh, get the younger generation to see the band. I mean, I might've seen, you know, I might've talked to Greg when he was at the house of guitars in the back room and, you know, okay. Um, cause I do remember, when I first started volunteering at the radio station, they would play that, the first Kings album. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was very much intrigued. I, I know that 
when I did see them finally play, when they, I, you know, they let me downstairs and said, okay, you can, you know, blend in. Um, it was magical because <laughs> a lot of the crowd, you know, especially the guys had mops and they had striped shirts right, and they had right. heel boots. Yep. And, and uh, the women had, you know, uh, mini skirts Skirts. and fishnets and bobs and I was just like wow I had only seen this in pictures right so for me for a 16 year old kid this was just like living history kind of you know yeah and I know this sounds weird but like I knew yeah that's it this is for me this is my these are my that was your scene it was my scene and then really not too long after that I grew my hair out and you know I went to I went to Toronto for the first time and the boots that I wore here it were my first pair and I, of course I wore them all the time at Scorgies and stuff like that. And right. That's so, kind of funny because I had a long hair when I started going there and yeah. then realized, wow, I look like a hippie so I got to cut my hair like a punk rocker. I did the opposite. <laughs> and you know, that that's the thing too is that the, the, the I used to, I would call those people 66ers you know, because it was 1966, and there there was this, um, like everyone got along. You know, whether you had a mohawk or you had a mop or right. you were a skinhead or that's whatever. What, that's why you I know, wasn't no scared one, no anymore. One, no one ever said, you know, oh, you guys are a bunch of girls or whatever. You know, no one ever said that. Right, yeah. So, so yeah, that was my first time. And um, after that, I really had to sneak in. So when did, did you like meet Brian Goodman? Isn't that how you used to get in after that? Kind yeah, of? I met Brian again at Scorgies. It was a, it was um, a special, like, it was like a Sunday afternoon. And I remember it snowing horribly. It was for WITR personnel. And the insect servers from, I think they're from, well, were from Washington, D.C., they had they had played the night before it was you know we had promoted the heck out of them and they were kind enough to play again just for itr people and brian walked in he had you know the hair he had the collarless jacket matching right right pants and the boots and you know how he managed to get in he probably was upstairs and heard music and just kind of snuck in and that's really you know the first time i met him um and the rest is history, as they say, right? <laughs> well, you know, even even better history is, again, at Scorgies. Um, I managed to, you know, I would get dropped off in the alleyway. And, you know, obviously I couldn't walk in the front door anymore. That didn't work for me. Right. So Greg said, Greg Prevost said, wait outside and just listen. And if you hear steps coming down, you know, bang on the door and we'll let you in. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. So I remember there was a bouncer named, I think he was also a bartender, Clayton. And he was this big ape of a guy. And um, I don't know if he ever let me in, but it was always Greg and Carol. And so they let me in, and opening up that night was the reactions. Oh, and, my God. I, yes, I was there. And it was it was Mike Murray. And I didn't know Mike Murray at all. Get out. So we're going upstairs to... Was the dressing room upstairs? Yeah, the dressing room was upstairs. And Mike, you know, they couldn't get in. It was locked. And Mike pulled out an East High School um, ID card, you know, (laughs) to kind of slip it in the lock. And I'm like, wait a minute. I go, East High? I go, I go to East High. He's like, yeah, I graduated in 
78 or something. And I'm like, wow, we, you know, and after that, we started talking and, you know, we ended up um, doing a one-off radio show. We had such great reaction to it that we, you know, actually got a slot. Right, that was like Psychedelic Sunday? Is that what it was back then? Yeah, we started out, um, well, let me backtrack. I was already a DJ there. I had my own show. Okay. So I couldn't play strictly 60s. I had to play, like, I had to play Billy Idol. And I had to play, you know, all these other bands that I was like, nah, you know. But we were modern music and more. So anyway, so we, Mike and I had such a great reaction to, um, it was called the Friday Night Filet. Oh my God, yes, yeah, I remember we, that we now. We did that, and usually it's a, of a band, but we were doing, it was uh, the 20th anniversary of the Beatles being on Ed Sullivan. Okay. So it was February of 84, and we had such a great reaction to it that we started out, you know, we got our own time slot, and it was the Psychedelic Sunday. Um. So what other what other local bands, the the Kings obviously, but what else? Um, oh, the Projectiles. Yes, Projectiles know. for sure. Um, swing set. The swing set. Cousin Ale. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Bands. I got one with the Tension. Do you remember the Tension? They didn't play there much. No, but I, I saw... never saw the Tension. But when I, you know, because Ted had played with um, Mike Pepper and Dave Martin. Yeah. Um. I mean, when I, you know, it's funny, when I met Doug Davies, um, he was in a band called the BBBs. Oh, with Luther. Yeah, but I didn't know Luther. Okay. And, you know, I always thought it was a weird name for a band. It was like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was a weird name. And Bothered I, by boredom. Yeah, well, now I know. But, I mean, back then, I, you know, and again, people are like, oh, you should come and see me. I'm like, well, I don't have a car and I'm underage. So, you know. Um, that didn't help matters. And by the time Doug had left to start the swing set, you know, um, I remember going to, I think it, it, it was a place called Maury's. Yes, I've got, yeah, I, I saw yeah, him there many times. It was Maury's in um, Penfield. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, I got to get to my pal, Ken Peters, but, um, you know, at the time, Kenny and I had, we had only known each other for a couple of months. And he said, he, he picked me up and he said, let's go see this band. There's a couple of guys who were in past bands, but, you know, Walt, I knew Walt from the Insiders. And he's like, Walt's in a new band called The Swing Set. And I'm like, oh, all right. So Kenny's like, here's an acoustic guitar. Walk in like you own the place. Oh, okay. And that got me into. No shit. Into, into <laughs> Maury's. And that's when I'm. I met Ted, and um, okay. You know, so anyway, so I digress. Now, what about like um, the Fadeaways? Did you ever see them there? Um, yeah, I, the Fadeaways were a little bit later at that point. Yeah, you know, I was pretty. You know, Mike and I were established with the radio show. Um, I was. This might have been post um, swing set. You know, because by '86 they were gone. So, you know, and, and uh, for a long time, I was hanging out with Brian Goodman. You know, we were yeah. like brothers. Yeah. So, you know, it was whoever could pick me up and get me there and get me home. <laughs> you know, that's basically what it was. So, and, go ahead. So what's the deal with your uh, dancing? Oh, right. Yes, actually, it was at, um, do you remember Schnaz's in Village Gate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the swing set was playing there, and... 
I don't know what it was like. Please, Mr. Postman was kind of our us girls' song, and we just kind of jumped up on stage and kind of did like a Marvelettes kind of girl dance kind of thing, yeah. and then they just kind of nicknamed us the Swingettes. So that that became a regular thing. Well, as much oh. as the band would tolerate it, you oh. know, <laughs> it was cute at first, but then I think we were more popular than them. Just kidding. Just, well, just kidding. At least with me, but, you know. But I was working too, so it's kind of. Yeah, it was just, you know. you know. Yeah, we had we had uh, in our my era, we had, a, I think it was two girls. They, they're called the Kimono Girls or the Kimono Twins. I don't know if I know their name, but I, I remember them, and they were always getting up on stage doing that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just you know, um, but there were there were bands that were not local that would. You know, you had mentioned the Bengals, mm-hmm. and um, trying to think of the Long Riders. I saw there. That was another band that I did interview with, and um, they were really, really cool. And in fact, I think some of the Chesterfield Kings went up on stage to play some songs with them. And um, you know, so it really, you know, had I been a little bit older, I think I would have been there certainly a lot more. Right. Um, so it was kind of a drag, you know, not not having a, a license or a car and then, you know, of course being underage didn't help matters. But Oh, but you were there enough. You were there a lot. Well, yeah, I mean that I realized that, you know, if I walk in with some band's equipment, you know, I never got hassled and then all of a sudden I just kind of fell into it. I had turned eighteen and I needed you know, I needed money coming in and I still had six months to go in high school. And I'm like, you know, Walt Walt O'Brien would pick me up. We'd do the gigs, and I would get paid. You know, it's hilarious what I made. But it was enough for me to, you know, because I had to pay room and board oh, okay. when I turned 18. And uh, so, yeah, it, 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 you know, I fell into that. So you were doing lights, not just carrying the equipment, right? Did you oh, do yeah. lights? Yeah. yeah, you had to do something while you were there. And so I did lights with, a, like, a homemade light board that, that Doug had made. And, um, you know, it was, a, a, you know, I'll tell you, it was the best experience like ever working with that band because I was a mouse and it, op- you know, it, it, I learned how to be a little more open, right. I guess, is that, yeah. you know, and I met some incredible, incredible people who I'm still friends with today. And yeah. it was because of that band. Exactly. Cool yeah. Right.
another thing too, I realized that whether it was Scorgies or, or, you know, other bars, if you were an underage woman, you were more than likely getting in. Right. Sure. Because you brought guys in. Yeah. You know, if you were an underage guy, they're like, they don't want to have anything to do with you. Really. So, I mean, the, there was some, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Double standard? Well, discrimination. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, chicks are getting in, dudes are not getting in. So, <laughs> did you ever become old enough before, or were you well, all, yeah, always remember underage? Because, yeah, remember it changed. Like, it was 18, yeah, then got, it turned I, 19, I then 21. Yeah, I think you know, I only I mean, got I it once. I was just getting close to 18, and then it turned to what? 19. 19. Mm-hmm. And then I was just getting close to 19, and then I went up to 21. Ah. So, um, by the time I actually was able to get into Scorgies, it was no longer Scorgies. It was right. Yuck Yucks. Yep. And that was not funny. <laughs> so um, well, wow, so basically that whole time you had to literally sneak in. Y- yeah, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but then you know I remember by the time. Well, I mean, and some clubs were you know allowed underage, you know, like idols and yeah, yeah, you know. But I do remember being legal and you know drinking there. But again, it was you know Brian Goodman picking me up. And it seems like back then they didn't seem to. They proof, but not as much as like it is now. Well, you know? it was a very different dynamic um, because bands, you know, well, yeah, first things first, nowadays, you know, if you're in a band, you got to be in five. <laughs> you know, you can't be in just one and, and, you know, go to town. Right. Back then, you were in one band and you played enough where, you know, that sustained you and... You know, you would also play um, until, you know, quarter to two in the morning. And, you know, people stayed. Sure. I mean, we we were always there that it late. It would be like a Wednesday or Thursday night. And people, not only did they stick around, but they drank and smoked. And, you know, I mean, that's just how it was. And if you did get pulled over, you know, a lot of times the cops are like, you know, where do you live? Oh, I live, you know, a mile up the road. They're like, okay, just be careful. And that was it. Now yep. it's zero tolerance, you know, yeah. for good reason. But right, yeah. It was a very different dynamic. Now people are like, I can't wait to get home. It's 11 o'clock. I need to <laughs> get to bed, you know? That's so, me. Yeah. <laughs> At least during the week. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, people went out during the week. Oh, I know, yeah. You know? I was, like, still in school, too, and then or working full-time and was out till, you know, 3, 3.30. You know, I, I, you know, and I think the reason why, I mean, obviously the drinking age – and, and the the fact that, you know, cops were a lot more lax. I think another thing, too, is you had less distractions then. You had no computers. Um, there, you know, there really wasn't much on TV. And, you know, the, the, the people who went to Scorgies and who went to all these, you know, clubs were, you know, very supportive of live music. Now we kind of take it for granted. Oh, I know. You talk to, yeah. like, well, even, you know, your kids or, you know, friends that have kids – they don't go out. They they don't no, do anything. Very, yeah, yeah you're, you've got kids. Yeah, 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 what do your I kids do? They don't go out. I know. <laughs> they I, do, they I play just video don't. Video games. It's just like, like, oh my god, I'm so glad I grew up when I did. It was it was great. Well, because we had to. Otherwise, you know, I mean, there really wasn't much. And if you wanted to go do something, you were you had to get up off your butt and go out and do it. That's another thing too. We didn't have computers. We didn't have video games. Right, cell phones and. I mean, there were video games. Atari. We had for, Atari. Not, right, <laughs> not enough for a, for us to sit there and go. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay home. 
and and I think that there's a lot of you know there wasn't all this anxiety and you know anti-socialism social you know people didn't want to go snowflakes off. well no but you know what I mean though it's like <laughs> yes I'm not I saying do my boys are like that but you know they're they're like not into live music like we right, were right I mean we still are absolutely you know and then um like even it's, we had a lot of house parties you know I don't even think you know kids do that yeah you know I mean uh thank goodness for Mike Murray and his parents who incredible I mean best times it was like another bar (laughs) really (laughs) the bands would play in the basement till literally two in the morning and you know um i'm gonna come full circle with this i met so i remember going to see you know the chesterfield gangs of scorgies and it was probably when i met mike murray that okay now they're done playing i need a ride home and i don't (gasps) right you know yeah so i met this guy and I had a, a um, Greg Prevost had bro- broken up on stage a toilet seat, and I grabbed a piece of it. <laughs> of course, and um, <laughs> so the, so I, I met this guy, really cool guy. He was playing guitar in the Reactions, and I said, "Hey, you want a piece of toilet seat? If you drive <laughs> oh it my God. And it was it was Ken Peters, and so coming first full circle, you know, um, Kenny's in several bands, and he's probably one of the only people that I know. Um, and I've known for almost 40 years. I right. Mean, this, this guy, yes. is, you know, has been, he's family. I mean, yep. he really is family. I know. Um, he's probably the only person that I know that still goes out. Like, he's never home because he's out all the time, checking out bands, playing with bands, going out to dance. I mean, we've yeah. all seen See, I mean, I still, I still do that. I mean, I like going to, you know, Ab- I, I Abilene know, I, and Lugs and but, live but, bands. Well, I, I love I it. I know you do, but Kenny is like constant. It's like he is never home. He's yeah. always like out here, out there. He's do a I know Kenny? Butterfly. I don't think so. Does he, is a, what band is he in? He's been in he a in? bunch of them. He was in the couple. Currently or what? Anything. I just wonder if I know him. He was right, and with um, the, but was he in the reactions too? His hidden charm. I don't know if he was in the hidden he charms. Was in several, bar, several bands with Mike Murray. Right. Um, you know, he was in a, a, you know, an Elvis tribute band. He was in Compromise, which is like a Motown kind of soul. Okay. Thing. Um, he was in the sh- Shaken Bones. Oh wait a minute! The um, with the girl group, wasn't he with the part of that? Those yeah, girls. Yeah, it's um, my party. Yeah, it's my party. Guitar, That's you know, it. With them, and you know. Um, He's now in a band called uh, the Roll the Dice Band, okay. and um, and yet he's been to the house where we grew up and cut, cutting my hair in the garage. Oh, all right, Kenny has <laughs> been cutting my hair now since I was 18, 17 <laughs> or eighteen. Um, in fact, I just saw him on Thursday. So. I just ran into a guy that was in a band called the Devil's Pension, a current band um, with. One of the guys from New Math, wow. but I think it's a sixty kind of garagey band. Cool. So I didn't know if is it is it uh, Kevin Patrick? Wasn't he? nope. No, it was no. Um, Gary Trainer. Oh, okay. No, wasn't he in the Flash Cubes? Nope. No. Flesh Tones? Nope. No Flash Cubes. <laughs> okay. From Sir. I remember the Flash Cubes, but okay. No, see, and this is but I know the name Gary Trainer. Yeah, he was in the new math from the get-go. There certainly were bands that were um, mainstays at Scorgies. One of them was um, new math. Right. right. Oh, definitely. Um, 
and who's the other one? Personal effects, the cliches. And so I kind of felt, even though I wasn't 100% into the music, I kind of felt like, you know, they were, you know, when you think of Scorgies, you think of, you know, like there's five bands that, you know, are consistently there. So personal effects, I felt like I should go see them. Right. Um, and uh, same thing with Numa. Um, but then there were some bands that, you know, I never got to see. I never got to see, you know, the... Um, the Bowery Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. I never got to see Cappy and the Frenchman. So yeah, those are all all the bands yes, that I see, went to because earlier again, ones. you know, I mean, let's face it, being out of rage, so yeah, yeah, right. And if I wasn't, you know, if I didn't have a guitar to walk in with, there was no way they were going to let me in. Right. What about so, like the 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 reunion Scorgies had? Oh yeah. You know, the, the, all those bands I played do a whole there. Show on that. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? That was two thousand nine. Oh, I I have my ticket still. I think it, for some reason, I think it was 2009, because it's right around the time I was like, I had stability in my life. I was miserable, but I still had stability, and I was actually thinking of going, and then, um, you know. It was like, yeah, well. All hell broke loose. We ran into a bunch of people there, like, I think, like, Rick, Waldorfer, Mike Murray, Jill Halsey, I saw her there. Oh, uh, Brian, Brian didn't even remember who the hell I was. 2008. Was Get out! It was that long ago. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to go, and when I was married, I was only allowed to go out once a year. Come on! Seriously, once a year, and so I had to be very selective. And at that point, I was like, you know, I was still a, a Chesterfield Kings fan. I mean, I still am, but you know, at that point, they were only playing. Yeah. So it, you know, I had to like be be like very selective and i had to be um like okay this is it you know your one night out for the my year one night out <laughs> oh uh, my was, god yeah well i don't have to worry about that about right right that. what about um i know we're getting off uh, topic here but like did you see the kings at um i think it was called like the renaissance theater no that was, where was that? That? it was it's over like it's where at the jazz fest it's one of the um venues it's like it's a temple church now I remember that yeah the name i probably was there yeah that was like the one and only time I was there, but it was it was kind of cool. Huh. You know, one thing I, I don't think I mentioned it, um, but I will mention it now, is that, you know, we're talking about all these bands that played Scorgies. For me, um, especially with like the Chesterfield Kings and, uh, you know, um, the Projectiles and, mm -hmm. and, you know, the Insiders and the Swing Set, all these bands that did play there, I kind of considered Scorgies as like the Cavern Club. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. Like the cavern. It was it, what Scorgies was not big. It was no, not a big no, venue. No, no. I, I, for me, it was always our CBGBs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. From yeah. from your end of it, from yeah. your angle, I mean, for you know us '60s guys, it was like the Cavern Club. And, right. Um, and now it's no more. I know it's so sad. You know, but I mean, if you think about a lot of the the bars that we were talking about before, we you know said, okay, now we're ready to broadcast or whatever you know we were talking about like the cave and, yes you know, we were right talking about all the maury's yeah you know, these bands these bars don't even exist i know you know yeah um we were i was thinking two back streets um yeah and, and uh was it si or charlotte street or something and now there's like apartments and stuff over there but yeah the kings played there kind of makes you think about you know because my guys my sons are in their you know mid to mid 20s and they didn't really you know, that generation millennials. 
and, and younger, they don't really support live music like right. yeah. you know we do. Right. You know, it seems to be a new generation. I think is coming. I hope when so. When we go to like Lux oh, or Lux. Photo City, right? There's yeah. always different bands that I never heard of, and they're a little more hard rocky and right. Um, but the kids, it's a young crowd. And they're coming in late at night, just like we used to do. Right, I know, yeah. And then yeah. we go in and we're complaining. Like yeah, we went now we're the old guys. Yeah, and it's like, okay, they said they're going to start at 10. They didn't start till like 11.30. Like there was yeah. a flesh tones. I'm like, oh my God. But no, it was a great show. Yeah. Well, you guys go out a lot more than I do. And so you you know, you're, you're the pulse. You know, you know what's going on. And actually, that makes me feel good knowing that you I'm just starting to realize it, that, that I think it's another, a new... Well, and like, too, like the Bug Jar, I would think, too, has a younger crowd. Probably. No. I don't. I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. So we should all go out to um. There you go. Luck some in... night and check out the new young music and see what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, because they they need that support. You know, people just decide. Well, I'm not going to go out, or you know, I'm just how about stay um, what's the '60s band we just saw? Oh, what? Low Spirits. Yeah. Do you know oh, them? What? The Low Spirits are great. No, I've never heard of them. Mick, man, you no. don't go out. Um. I, when I saw them, I'm like, oh my god, this is like the new generation of the Chesterfield Kings. That's what exactly I'm saying. What That's I thought. what I'm saying. There yes. was a resurgence going on. It looks. Well, actually, I, I thought, because when I was listening to um, Whole Lot of Shaken, mm-hmm. uh, Michael was saying that when Greg was there, he was having some guys back him up, and it was a couple of the guys from the Low Spirits. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know if you were there okay, to well, see the I'm band. Gonna, I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, definitely. You know, um... But, you know, okay, so here's, you know, getting back to Scorgies. Yep. Um, I do have a Don Scorgi story. Oh, that, there we that go. Cool. That's, yeah. okay. That's so, what we're looking for. Um, <laughs> we, but lo- we it, love Don. Yes, he, Don, you're the best. Yes, Don. Um, but so I think, and I don't know what version. It wasn't the relatives, but Cousin Al opened up for the swing set at Scorgies. And it was a really good crowd. You know, really good crowd. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the end of the night, and, you know, Don, um, you know, enjoyed his drinks <laughs> and was not in a good mood. And I remember, it, I, you know, of course, I'm there wasn't much to break down because they, they had sound. But I was there, and I remember he was, Don Scorgi was talking to Doug Davies. I don't know if Cousin Al was there. I think Cousin Al had left. But Don was pissed. I mean, pissed. And I mean, I'm not talking drunk pissed. Well, he was drunk pissed. But he was also, like, angry. And he, I guess the deal was, and I'm probably going to get the story wrong, but it doesn't matter because no one remembers things like this. But apparently Cousin Al, like, took too long either going on or they, they extended their set or whatever, and Don wanted the swing set to play, you know, yeah. s- start playing. And he was pissed. I remember he grabbed, because they had picnic tables. <laughs> oh my you God, I remember that. <laughs> so they had picnic tables and he grabbed a glass ashtray and threw it. Wow. He was mad, you know. And, and of course, you know, Doug is like, you know, Doug Davies is like, you know, Don, I'm sorry, you know, I had no control, blah, 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 you know, the whole nine yards. And I also remember Don flipping a table over no way and you know i mean i'm what am i 18 and i'm like going this isn't cool um and of course you know doug was trying to be professional about the whole thing and you know obviously 
you know, we weren't going to let Cousin Al open up. Nothing against Cousin Al, but... about your point about getting people off their butts and getting out yeah. like if i'm at work or something and i'll be saying oh this weekend i went to wherever and saw this band blah blah the looks i get from the people my peers my age yeah. like grow up act your own age you know and i just like it, it pisses me off yeah it's just like so what i like music no, it's just music has just been a part of our lives since we were kids group of people who are like that like, you know when I, when I go out now to abilene right I'm like the young guy, and I'm 61. Right, yeah, it is an know, older so father, which is wow. nice, which <laughs> is nice. Well, good for 61. Right. No, well, I mean, here's another thing, too. You know, I'm sitting in your living room, and you've got albums, and, you know, this music next to me. You know, it it's music is more than just background music for us. Absolutely. You know, it was a way of life. It still is a part of our life. It's a big part of our life. And um, I'm sure we listen to music in, in the car. Yep. We listen to music while we do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I still buy CDs, you know, and, yeah. and things. I buy uh, vinyl. You know, I, I think that music is more, is, was more important to us than, you know, people like my sons who are in their 20s. I mean, they listen to music, but, you know... Um, but you like Mike is saying that you know people are starting to hopefully there's an upswing and that you know a new generation is starting to realize hey this is pretty cool yeah you know I mean yeah and then there are like some families you hear about like where the parents are into music and so the, the kids grew up listening to it and so I think there's some younger kids that are into music but in general 
Yeah. You know, but now that I'm older, you you know, when you're older, you appreciate more. And you're like, wow, that's Billie Holiday and, you know, yeah. some of these people where, you know, it was uncool when you were 16. But, you know, when you're, you know, 55, like I am, you know, you're like, look, music the great thing about music is that we all we're on the all in the same boat you know um we all can share the fact that we love the beatles right definitely but there are personal things that you know okay listen i love freddie and the dreamers and i know people are you know gonna laugh when they hear that and that's when i realized that music is is double-edged on the one hand it, it brings us together you know, we're like, yeah, we're into the 60s stuff. Right, and, yeah. You know, we're into the Chesterfield Kings or the Swing Set or the Beatles or whatever. But music is also very personal. You know, if you said to me, hey, I really love the village people. I'd be like, well, okay, <laughs> that's that's your thing. I'm not even, but, I used to you know, be. In a, way, in a way, you know, that's something that, that brings you personal enjoyment. Sure. And you might have a reason why. You might be, you know, like a great grandmother who, you know, was a huge fan of this band or reminds you of her. You know. My guilty pleasure, Michael. You know what that is, right? Hanson. Hanson. That's right. Okay, so which, which I get, you know. Um, so you know, like I say, it, it can be something where you know I, people don't need to know I'm into you know yodeling and stuff like that. People don't. Well, people well don't, now they do. But now they do. So did you ever see any yodelers at Scorgies? No. Um, although I did, I'm trying to think of some other like national bands who played there. Um, my, my only regret is, is the Bengals because they were, they had just put out their first album. It was definitely before, um, you know, their huge hit, you know, Walk Like an Egyptian. Right. And, and not to interrupt, but I just remember being upstairs. They weren't letting any more people downstairs because it was so packed and either they threatened to call the fire marshal or the oh, fire I, marshal. I'm sure, I'm sure that Don was definitely, definitely, uh, you know, it, violating some fire codes. And so I was like, we were so close, almost, you know, the next, you know, someone left, we'd get in kind yeah. of thing. And it, so they had started a little bit. We eventually got down there yeah. and it was just the coolest thing, you know? Well, I know that because the swing set opened up, yes. I did hear there is one story. If you ever have a chance to talk to Ted Perkins, who um, is, you know, still playing with Walt. Well, you know, I thought I went online and I saw that he wasn't there anymore. Did he leave? I was going to ask you. Oh, what, on, on the Book of Face? Or? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's still there. Oh, it looked like yeah. maybe I didn't but recognize anyway, him. So, so his, his little story about the Bengals at, at Scorgies is that um, they wanted to use the swing sets microphones. And they... You know, at the end of the night, you know, they obviously they had to take, you know, the, the swing set took their equipment with them, the, the right. bikes. And Ted told me later, because I left early like mm-hmm. an idiot. <laughs> I still can't uh, believe you did that. Things you do when you have a girlfriend. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I forgot. I think it was Susanna Hoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had, she got lipstick all over the, the microphone. Right. And so he thought that that was kind of. So that's his memento. You've so, got a chest for well, toilet seat, and he yeah, has a, a seat. I'm sure he had to like sit there with a toothbrush cleaning that thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's my only like Scorgies regret. I mean, other than being uh, underage and missing like a lot of stuff, um, was the fact that here I was able to see them for free. Yeah. 
And, you know, this the girl that I was seeing was just like, let's get out of here. It's not crowded. And, I'm, you know, and I'm like, okay. You know. <laughs> but uh, I did make up for it. I did get to see them a couple years later. But then, too, just the effort it took for you to get into these places maybe made you appreciate it a little bit more or something. Well, you know, was, I don't know. I think, you know, there there's a lot of truth to that because there is a um, a performer now. Her name is Hannah P.K. Yep. And she told a story of when she was growing up in Korea that she would have to hop on a bus that took, you know, took her to this city to buy, I don't know, a jazz album or whatever. But it was such an ordeal. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, I'll just, you know, grab my keys, hop in my car and go to, uh, you know, the record archive or whatever and get it and go home and enjoy it. It was a it was a feat to do that and i think it really you know i understand where she was coming from with that story because just to go see a band you know i had no no license no car you had to find someone who could take you or you had to get dropped off and wait i had no guarantees that i was right yeah they didn't we didn't have uber back then either right so it was it really it went beyond just yeah i'm gonna go see a band at scorgies it was like you know, it took a lot for me to hit to, to get in. Right. Yeah. You know, so um, but yeah, so I understand, you know, what you know, when you have to go through all these hoops just for a little something, you know, it makes you appreciate it a lot more. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So yeah, and just the great memories, too. You know, like you're saying, your friends for a lifetime, you know. Yeah, I just, you know, um, I'll, most of my friends are musicians and, and a, a, a good chunk of them. I met or they played at Scorgies. So that definitely I if I, I will say in all honesty, it was a focal point. It was a it was a big deal for a little place. It certainly was. Oh, I think absolutely. I used to refer way. to it as my second home, you right. know. Right. So I just you know, like I say, in retrospect, I miss the fact that I couldn't see some of the and I'm sure they were all great. Um you know, I, I my memory is not as good as it used to be. He was a bartender at Scorgies, tall, tall, thin guy. I remember him. Um, and he was in a band, and <laughs> I can't think of the band. Um, and he, he unfortunately passed away a, oh. um, a couple of years the ago. The guy from the Prestones, maybe? Yes. Yep. Um, so, you know, I never got to see the Prestones. Okay. There's another band yep. that I wish I could have seen. You know, if Mike Murray were sitting here, he would, you know, just be rattling off bands and dates and you know events and things like that so i wish i could say more but you've said plenty (laughs) i think we'll probably uh no it was it was good yeah i learned a lot about your i'm sitting here listening like uh this is all new to me so this is awesome so i think we'll wrap up this episode though but all right well thank you thank you thank you guys this uh, is a whole nother um uh time at scourges that i wasn't around and uh I appreciate it. I hope everyone, there's probably a lot of people who like your time. Right. You know, more than my time. So um, thanks a lot, and uh, it was fun. Thank well, you.
All right. So that was fun. And uh, stay tuned. Next week, uh, we'll try and come up with some more interesting things to say. All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay, I'm out of here.